there, this is Chantel Brown, Cuyahoga County Chairwoman of the Democratic Party and also Cuyahoga County Councilwoman. And today I am pleased, privileged, humbled, and honored to have an outstanding guest for my very first podcast where I get to interview W. Monet Scott. W. Monet Scott, would you say hi to the people? Hi, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, before we get into it, just give us a little bit of background. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Well, my name is W. Monet Scott. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. I moved to the great state of Ohio, um, Cle- the city of Cleveland, August 1st, 1998, to attend Cleveland Marshall College of Law. Okay. So it was a bit of a transition moving from the south to the north, even though you guys consider yourself the Midwest, yes. which was really interesting for somebody from the south because we we're just like, it's not in the middle and it's not in the west. Mm-hmm. So we said the, the north. Uh, so. <laughs> you consider us the north and we consider ourselves the Midwest. What right. are some dis- from immediate differences that you noticed? Um, so the summers were really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it was August and we were coming from something like 95 degree temperature to the nice, lovely 75 degree temperature. Okay. Um, not having central air in every apartment was something that I had to get used to. Okay. I loved my apartment that I moved into. So I moved in kind of the Shaker Square area oh, on yes. Southmoreland my Boulevard. <laughs> um, yes, yes, yes. I love that area. It's a walkable area. Yes. Um, the snow, my first snowfall was very traumatic. Um, I had a five speed. Oh. Um, with low profile tires. Oh. So I <laughs> so I was just really shocked that nothing shut down and I had to attend classes. So I remember calling the school saying, Hey, is class canceled? And they were like, Absolutely not. Yeah, like what do you mean canceled? Right. Why? <laughs> so yeah, I just I just remember so many things from my first winter. So um that was a very something different I had to get used to. All right. Well, today we wanted to bring you before our audience today because I understand you are running for public office. Is that right? Yes. So what office are you running for? I'm running for housing court judge for the city of Cleveland Municipal Court. All right. Wonderful. And tell us a little bit about what led you to run. Were you recruited? Was it self-initiated? I knew in third grade I wanted to be a judge. Wow. I had to do a paper about what I wanted to become when I grew up. Get out of here. And just from experiences of seeing just people being treated unfairly, mm-hmm. you know, me being treated unfairly. Um, so I went to my librarian and I said, I want to be someone that makes sure everyone is treated fairly. So we went through an array of things. Do you want to be an umpire? Do you want to be a referee? Do you wow. want to be, you know, we went through different things and we ended up being a judge. Get out of here. And we, I researched that in third grade and I said, I want to be that. Wow, that is that is that is a strong <laughs> and very impressive. <laughs> of like determination factor in there. So um, I understand that you are currently on the ballot. So what steps did you have to take to, to get there? Um, to be on the ballot, so this is my second time out. Okay. I was on the ballot in 2017. Okay. And for the city of Cleveland to run for judge, you have to pull petitions okay. and get 50 signatures. Right. So, of course, I'm an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember the Board of Election, I think I went down with 200 signatures my first time out. Oh, so wow. they asked you to get, you know, twice as many, um, 100. 
um, no more than 150 okay. and they refused to take my 200. <laughs> so um, I submitted my 150 signatures. Of course, they were all validated okay. and I was put on the ballot um, in 2017 and in 20 um, this year, 2019. Okay, so um, you're running again. So what were the lessons that you learned from the first time that you ran? Oh, wow. The first time I ran, I knew nothing about running. And it was different because I'm not originally from here. So my entire family is from Atlanta. Okay. Um, And, you know... Running for judge is different than running from city council or county council or for mayor because our rules are really strict. Okay. We are governed by the Ohio Supreme Court Mm -hmm. and the Code of Judicial Conduct. And so it's a lot of things people think we can do, but we absolutely cannot do. Can you share one or two of those things for us? Um, We can't take money and we can't ask for money. Oh, wow. Um, So we always have to have our treasurer with us. Okay. And our treasurer is the only one that can actually touch the money. Wow. So if if people want to hand me a check or hand me cash, I have to defer to my treasurer and say, no, you can't give it to me. You have to give it to my treasurer. See, I I would agree. I don't think a lot of people know that. And I think that's very important to Mm -hmm. know being um, being a judge and people wanting to support your campaign. I can only imagine Mm -hmm. um, as well as you present yourself, someone say, hey, because in a city council race or county council race, you can just walk up to the candidate and give them your donation and they can take it and log it in. But you guys don't have that privilege. We don't have that privilege. Can you maybe explain to our listening audience why that why such a practice is in place? Do you know why that is the way it is? Um, Judges are held to a higher standard. Mm -hmm. Attorneys are held to a higher standard that's running for judge. Mm -hmm. And so they want to um, just maintain a look of high integrity on the bench and they don't want it to be tainted. So we are not permitted to just um, touch the cash or ask for cash, and it's a very limited amount. Okay. Um, I think for for municipal court, we can only accept six hundred dollars per individual. Oh wow! Um, that's not an immediate family member. Immediate family member is a little bit unlimited. Okay. Um, but uh, individual is six hundred dollars maximum for municipal races. Okay. It's a little bit more for common pleas. It's a little bit more for each type of. Um, Judicial seat you seek, mm-hmm. such as um, Court of Common Pleas, um, Court of Appeals, and of course the Ohio Supreme Court, you get a little bit more um, leeway of how much you can collect. Okay. But they don't go into high ranges because they don't want those seats tainted by money. Okay, all right. Well, that's good to know. So, as a um, housing court judge, what would some of be? What would be some of the roles and responsibilities you would have to would have? So we, the, the housing court judge, in, in housing court, because a lot of people don't know, so they deal with um, landlord-tenant. That's one of the main things that people know that they deal with. Okay. Um, the landlord-tenant issues as far as rent. Okay. Um, but they also deal with housing co-violations. Oh. That includes pro- all properties, including commercial. Oh, wow. It also deals with fire codes, zoning codes, um, air and um, air pollution, it also deals with... Air pollution? You guys does. have to deal with that? It, it does cross over into that. And it also deals with um, dumping, illegal dumping. Oh, wow. I would um, imagine there's a lot of that that happens in the city of Cleveland. It is. Wow. It is. Um, so it, it's a it's a wide range. And also health code violations. Okay. So it's a wide range of things that um, housing 
the housing court deals with within the city of Cleveland. So you can expect to be pretty busy. It's a very busy, <laughs> very hectic court, but it's a very important court because it's only one of two in the state of Ohio. What? Yes. I didn't, so I'm learning a lot today, too. So um, when you are elected, what would be... Um, one of the first things you would like to do when you're on the once you're on the bench? Of course, you want to see what's going on and what state the court is in. Okay. So you want to make sure about the caseload that's there now mm-hmm. and how to deal with that. Um, so you kind of want to do an audit okay. and see what's going on. But it's it's really about having a pulse on the community and, and just going around listening to what um, constituents or, or the community has to say. And so people are concerned about fairness that's going on, mm-hmm. anywhere from the landlords to the tenants to people that have housing code issues um, to property owners that have housing code issues wow. and business owners that have housing code issues. It just feels like there's not fairness going on. Now, I don't per se know what's going on in housing court mm-hmm. as it relates to cases, mm-hmm. but I think everybody should have um, a sense of fairness and knowledge yes. about court. And so I want to bring compassion to the bench. All Everybody right. should have a right to court and access to court. Yes. Not to say that what's going on now, that's not the case. But my thing is access and knowledge. Okay. Even as a prosecutor, I, I like to make sure people don't walk away with a bad taste in their mouth mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I am the face of court that particular day. Okay. So you reflect, you know, as a representative, I, I like for people to know this is how court is handled. Mm-hmm. This is what this means. Mm-hmm. And if you don't understand, here, let me help you understand. And so that's how I think all the staff should be. That's how the um, the court should be. It should be welcoming, um, regardless if you are a defendant or a plaintiff yes. or a victim or anyone that walks into court. It is there because of it's a public entity, right? Right. And we are public servants and we're there to serve the public That's regardless right. of your title, regardless of who you are. That's right. Everybody's placed there because of taxpayers. Okay. And because the judges are there because they are voted in. Yes. And so we owe due diligence and a duty to be mindful and respectful of a people's time. Mm-hmm. And just that no one wants to be there um because you know, they're no one there. wants to go to court. No one That's wants to the go thing. to court. Yeah, right? No one wants to go to court. That's so we, not the we just thing have to be very do. mindful of that right. and just be respectful because if the if your thing says nine thirty, let's be on the bench and be ready to go at nine thirty right. and be a respecter of time because yes. you know That's I, the one the one thing we can't get back is our time, right? Is our time. Yeah. So um you know, those are things that I want to start doing. Um, I'm a, I'm very mindful. I'm very respectful. And so time is money and money is time. Yes. And so um, that's one thing. One thing I also want to do is make housing court community oriented. Okay. So maybe get it back out in the community. And also... In what way? How would you do that? Um, I'm thinking about satellite offices. Okay. Right. Or cool. satellite court or just um, maybe a, once a month or... Once every month or a couple of weeks, I don't know how I have to get in there and see um, going out into the community and having court. Um, Court shouldn't be restricted to the nine to five or eight to four o'clock hours. Maybe a night court. Night court. Okay. Especially with housing issues because we're dealing with the Cleveland population and no one works 
banking hours right. realistically. Yeah. Um, and so we have to give, we have to be innovative yes. in the way we approach things and the way we deal with things and, awesome. and deal with people and be considerate. Awesome. Because people are working, you know, um, minimum wage jobs, mm-hmm. real jobs. Multiple jobs. And multiple not always, jobs, like you said, nine to five. And you kids, know. you know, and caring for kids yes. and elderly parents. And we have seniors with doctor's appointments. So we have to be just very mindful and intentional on how we approach and be innovative and start thinking about things differently. That's right. Okay. Well, one of the things that you mentioned is you're currently a prosecutor. So... Um, as it relates to that role, what are some of the challenges you face and some of the successes you've had? As a prosecutor? Mm-hmm. Um, the challenges is always like heavy dockets. Okay. And so it's taught me how to multitask and think quickly on my feet. Okay. So that's a perk in being a judge in a in a place like in a position as housing court. Yeah, where the load um, is heavy. The and, load and is very heavy. The case is very tremendously, greatly. I can say as being a prosecutor for the city of Cleveland, being a prosecutor for Cuyahoga County, I've worked all five units. Um, that includes juvenile court, um, um, child support in domestic relations, oh, child wow. support in juvenile. Now they've combined the units. I've worked in the tax foreclosure unit. I've worked in um, children family service wow. units. I've worked in the general felony unit. And so we've always had heavy dockets mm-hmm. with a heavy caseload that has very strict time constraints on them. So you okay. have to move them through because the judges want them off their docket. And so in doing that, um, we have to process a lot of information, talk to multiple people. We're talking to detectives, um, police officers, support officers, mm-hmm. um, and victims, um, obligors, obligees, yeah. defendants, um, citizens, um, everybody. Wow. We're talking to so many resource <laughs> people in the community. And also as a fair housing administrator, you know, I'm talking to the fair housing board, to okay. victims and those um, things, and also um, um, community advocates. So, I'm processing a lot of information. I'm reading a lot of fact statements, um, statements of facts or just patterns and and linking them to evidence and trying to see what's really going on, Mm -hmm. processing, hearing both sides of a story and trying to make a decision. I try to get people through because, as you say, no one wants to keep having to come back and forth. And so you have to be able to make a sound, fair and reasonable decision on what's going on. Some people want it right then. Some people you may have to push out a little bit further. But I think that's one of the things that was good about Mm -hmm. um, working in those jobs. Mm -hmm. Um, What's bad is it is a winner and it's a loser. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. but can you strike a balance? I think you can. Well, I think I think that will the, your experience clearly demonstrates you uh, you have what it takes to to sit on the bench. Now, it sounds like you've done a lot of work in public service. What has been your biggest surprise, either in that arena or on your campaign? I'll let you decide. And biggest surprise can be pleasant or unpleasant. So, oh, my biggest <laughs> surprise. Um, I think one of my biggest surprises on the campaign was how much I love it. Okay. Because I think I've always, I'm, I'm definitely an extrovert. Okay. So I love connecting with people and connecting with people gives me energy. Yeah. Um, that's a big surprise. Okay. Because people do talk about campaigning as, as, as this arduous, difficult, you know, 
challenging thing, right? Some people yeah. feel that way and they are not energized. So I can I can definitely relate to that. So you, um, we've talked about a lot and, and I promised that I wouldn't take up a lot of your time because I know you are a busy woman <laughs> and you've got to get back on the campaign trail. So final thoughts. I just want to ask you um, something personal, something that people might be surprised to know and then um, anything else you would want to share with our audience, whether it's a, an upcoming event or to remind them to vote for you. So a personal thing somebody be surprised to know hmm. and what you want to share with the audience as it relates. Give them an action item for the Monet Scott campaign. A personal thing someone would be surprised to know. Jeez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, gosh. I don't have anything. So we know all about you. I guess that's what you're saying. So I will I'm I might come back to you on that. What would you what what's the action item? What do you want our listeners to to do or do you have anything coming up in the future where you could use their support or their help or maybe you might even want to encourage them to spread this podcast amongst their friends and family. I definitely (laughs) want them to spread the podcast, but I want them to vote. Yes. I want them to vote. I want them to be active. I want them to take the time to know judicial candidates. And I say that with a passion, not because I'm running, Mm -hmm. but judges are so important. I mean, a lot of people that vote um, don't really come across judges, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of our seniors are not going to come across them. Um, But judges are so important because they are the first ones, and I'm pretty sure a lot of people have heard this, they'll be the first ones that you touch. The first ones you'll come across. It won't be your mayor necessarily, it won't be your city council, your county council person, definitely won't be the president of the United (laughs) States because everybody wants to vote in that and everybody needs to vote in that election. Definitely. But it will be a judge. And you really have to get away from voting for those popular names and, you know, maybe even possibly from party lines. You have to get to know the judges. You have to hold them accountable. You have to, you know, say, hey, I don't want to just keep seeing you when it's election time. I want to see that you're out here in the community, that you're out here meeting people, that you're out here walking the walk and talking the talk. I love community. I love meeting people. I try to remain active. Mm -hmm. I live in Ward 1. Mm -hmm. I live in the Lee Harvard community. I care about everybody. I care about what's going on in the neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. I hate seeing blighted property. I hate yeah. hearing people say, you know, I I hate coming out and seeing vermins in in tall grasses. You know, these houses aren't boarded up. It's housing code violations going on. I hate it. I think the one thing I want people to understand mm-hmm. is that um, what I try to educate is that building and housing is the law enforcement arm of housing court. Okay. If you get robbed, you don't call... Cleveland Municipal Court judges. Mm -hmm. You call the Cleveland Police Department and the Cleveland Police Department files a report and they take it to the prosecutors and the prosecutor brings the charges on your behalf. And it becomes the city of Cleveland versus the defendant. Well, that's the same thing that goes on. You don't call housing court. You call the Department of Building and Housing in City Hall Mm -hmm. to complain about a building not being boarded up or this tall grass not being cut 
or these things that's going on with um, people parking on grass or these things that's happening in your community as it relates to housing and dumping and things like that. Mm -hmm. They are the ones that um, issue the tickets and the citations and the city of Cleveland prosecutors bring that into housing court. And the housing court judge is responsible for um, deciding whether or not that person is guilty in violating those specific housing court violations, housing violation. So um, because when I'm out talking about this upcoming election on November 5th (laughs) and early voting begins October 8th. Thank you. um, You know, I explain that to people because they they think that they can call housing court and they call me. You know, through my contact. And I'm like, no, I'm not responsible for that. I'm just running for it. But, you know, I I do educate that. So um, the one thing that I'm... (laughs) You know what? I think the one thing that people don't know about me is that when I went into high schools um, to kind of volunteer, Mm -hmm. that everybody think or every all the High school kids thought that I was like a straight A student. Okay. Um, that I was top of my class, and mm-hmm. I am here to say that is not the case. Mm-hmm. On paper, I don't think people would think I would be sitting in the seat right now as an attorney. Okay. Um, that I'm the kid that my guidance counselor told me that I shouldn't go to college because I decided here. my senior year of high school that I just wanted to go to college. Wow. I was just kind of thinking I was going to go into cosmetology Get here. <laughs> and do hair. And I was like, nope, this is not my calling. I don't think I want to do it. And I took the SAT my senior year with the flu. Mm-hmm. So I did not do my best okay. that, that, that year. Um, and I really kind of had that one shot of the apple because mm-hmm. I think I signed up for the SAT really late. Okay. I was a last-minute girl, and all throughout my undergrad year, because I um, went to junior college, I started in junior college, then I transferred. I never started school in fall semester. We was kind of on quarter system. So every school I went to, I started in January. Okay. Never, except for law school, I okay. never started in um, August or September uh-huh. like a normal student. Okay. So I think that's the one thing people don't know about me. But when I went to college, I was on dean's list and I did do better because awesome. I was paying out of pocket. <laughs> you had <have laughs> much working. more at stake, right, much more right, of an right. investment. So, and I think that that certainly makes a difference. Yes. Um, when and and I, and you're not the only person. I think there was a, a time in our lives where the guidance counselors had some preconceived ideas and Mm -hmm. expectations that they have for different students. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's obvious. And um, I'm I'm so glad that you um, did not accept their recommendation and followed your heart and followed your passion and landed here. So I am going to wish you the best of luck. And um, I I know that and trust that you will be an outstanding judge. As you indicated, early voting starts October the 8th. Election day, the last day to vote is November the 5th in this upcoming 2019 general elections. I want to remind our listeners that elections occur every single year, every single year, every single year. So take advantage of that opportunity to have your voice heard and cast your ballot in every single election. So I just want to thank you guys for listening. Um, I do want to try something a little bit different. I'm going to have our producers just um, close us out right here. And then I'm going to ask you 
and we'll make this maybe a little bonus for <laughs> bonus for our listeners. Uh-uh. It's just it's a hot seat. Just quick, a couple of quick questions so we can get to know you a little bit better. Okay. Taco or pizza? Um, tacos. Dogs or cats? Ugh, dogs. <laughs> Red or white wine? Red. Spring or fall? Oh gosh, I love them both. <laughs> um. Southern Falls, um, we have Midwest. no spring in Cleveland. <laughs> you can't say that. That's very true. Um, <laughs> it's just like it goes. Southern Falls. Okay. I'm going to say that. All right. Um, coffee or tea? Oh, gosh. I was a coffee junkie, but now I'm rehabbing through t- herbal teas. All right. Um, Hip hop or R&B? Uh, top 20. I'll let you slide with that. And salty or sweet? Oh, I love salty and sweet. I'm just like a midway person. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. That was just something I just wanted to throw out there again, just to get a little, get to know you just okay. a little bit better. Something fun. We hadn't done that before. So I hope everybody enjoyed this podcast. And you have certainly been a pleasure and a delight. Good luck thank to you. you. And thank you for spending your time with Ch- Councilwoman Chantel Brown on Chair Chats, the chairwoman of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party. Thank you. And just fill in the dot for Scott, November 5th. I thank love- Thank you so much. All right. Thanks again for joining us for Chair Chats. This is Chantel Brown, the chairwoman of the Cuyahoga County Democratic Party. 